Hey everyone, you podcasters out there. Today is going to be a super exciting podcast because we have an animal in the room, a doggy in the room, and we're super excited to have Rose and um, Charlotte Feckers, her owner here. Charlotte is a nurse for us for Mercy One, and they're here to talk about animal therapy. And uh, let's let's go right into this. Um, Charlotte, welcome. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Thank you for having us. We are so excited to have Rose in the room. Rose is a yellow lab, and she is fantastically beautiful, and we love her here. We were lucky enough at our facility to actually have her as our therapy dog. So wanted to talk about the importance of animal therapy in patient care and getting well, and not only for patients, but for people, people in general on animal therapy. So thank you for coming, and uh, we'll just get this rolling right away. Charlotte, how did you get into animal therapy? So Rose originally started as a service dog in training for a veterans organization called Retrieving Freedom. They originate out of Waverly, Iowa. It's just a small town a little bit north of Waterloo, Iowa. And as she progressed in her training, they found that she had some really great traits that they wanted to carry on into the startup of their breeding program. And subsequently, um, three of her sisters are also in that breeding program. So when they um, go into the breeding program and actually have a litter of puppies, they no longer are qualified to be a service dog. Well, after being by my side for the first two years and being around people, she was very lonesome and bored at home. And so we decided that she would be a great therapy dog. So I began bringing her to the hospital um, on my days off and hours off, and she thrived. And so we decided to go on for her therapy certification. We started with Pet Pals, who actually bring their dogs to the hospital and to the rehab area over in the inpatient area. And then we went on to Therapy Dogs International, and she was certified through them. And the rest is some... History. Some history, some communications was, with Sherry finding a need. I was blessed to hear you speak about her at a manager's meeting one day or overhearing you speak about her. And in those moments, what was so ironic about this is colleagues of ours at our, the facility that we work at were talking about the need for a therapy dog. There's so much research based off of the importance of having them not only for patients, but for colleagues. I had heard you speak about it, and I knew instantly we wanted her. I mean, I was so excited when you said yes, and and I think we all were. Yeah, we uh, were excited to get a dog in the building. Yes, because she does bring so much love the minute she walks into the door for our our patients, our members, our us colleagues. We just we love it. Um, you had mentioned pet pals. If I had a dog that I felt was the demeanor was great, and maybe I'd like to take my animal to a hospital to help or volunteer to to go into patient's room. What are the first steps in order to go and do something like, like this at a hospital? The first step would be to reach out to an organization that's in your community. There are um, several different organizations around that are um, national and international um, organizations. And you can find those by just web searching those, which is sort of what I did um, originally was to find out where do we go with mm-hmm. this talent. And what you'll find is that you you 
get involved with an organized group and they can help lead you to areas that your dog or cat may fit. And so with Pet Pals, um, knowing that I already was employed by Mercy One, um, it was a perfect place to be able to start with her um, original training because coming to the hospital there's just different sounds and there's Mm -hmm. different smells and Mm -hmm. all of that and so just getting acclimated Mm -hmm. you may have a pet at home that seems so docile and they get into a hospital setting and they become really frightened and so they help with that and also to educate the handler um, on what it takes to to go into a room and what what do I say mm-hmm. the minute I go into a sick person's room that I don't know and I'm not a medical person so they really do help with that and they give you tips and tricks of things to work on is there a difference between you know anybody can touch rose the, in fact we want people to embrace Absolutely. Rose. We, she's here to give love and joy. You mentioned yep. that the very first day you brought her in here. Her purpose is to love and care for people. She likes to be touched. She wants to be, you know, she wants that connection with humans. She does. There are some service dogs out there or animals out there that you're not supposed to touch. So how do, how do people know which is which? The difference between Rose and a, a, and a service dog would be as she transitions into her therapy role um, and is no longer at all in the service dog program, um, she will not have access like other service dogs do. So if you're at Walmart, if you're at a store that doesn't welcome regular pets, she would not be able to go in there either because therapy dogs truly are for hospitals, airports, places that have invited them in as a volunteer. So she is like a volunteer when she comes to work, Mm -hmm. um, where a service dog is specifically trained for an illness, whether it be mental health or physical, for somebody in need. And so they follow all of the American Disability Act rules, and they are allowed to go everywhere with that person. Um, The reason why you wouldn't want to distract them is many illnesses are not seen. Diabetes, you can't look at somebody and say, I know they have diabetes. And that dog is specifically trained that if their sugar would go too low or too high to alert them or somebody with seizures. And so when you distract the dog by barking at them, which Rose and I have had, um, trying to pet them, then you've taken them away from their job and put put that person at risk. So just to be clear, when you realized that Rose was a perfect candidate for being some type of therapy dog, she originally went in to be a service dog. She did. Then how did she bounce to being a therapy dog? It was a little transition, if you remember. Yes, I do. Um, she, uh, She was used to looking at me for the cues as to whether or not I would allow somebody to touch her. Mm -hmm. And so she had to look to her, I I call you guys her work moms, who really nurtured her and showed her the the rules and what was okay to do here and that it was okay for everybody to everybody to touch her and mm-hmm. once she realized that when she's here that she has the run um she absolutely flourished mm-hmm. she loves her people and and actually as we drive up she knows the bumps in the road <laughs> and sticks her head up and she knows that we're at work 
She's funny if we have her out even just to go outside or if she takes a walk with us down the hall. When she comes back, she has to show everybody that she's in the building. She'll go to each and every person. Mm -hmm. And they love her. And she's been here for so long now that... People ask for her. If patients have gone through therapy and then they come back, they go, where's Rose? If she's if they don't see her right away. The funny part, too, is that Rose knows each of us therapy moms and dads. Um, and each of us have a particular connection with her on something. So, you know, like she knows at 1030 to 11, it's time for my lunch. She will come back and literally sit by my office until I go make something for lunch. Um, and it's like each one of us, she knows what she can get away with, what she can't get away with. But it's, it's so fantastically fun to have her around. She's freakishly smart. She which is. It's just like, oh, you can, we can read her. We can read her eyes now. And her little wobble of her butt when she has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think what's important um, also is that when the staff are happy, the care that they give back to their patients is so much better than somebody that walked in and was down in the dumps or was angry. You can't be angry and pet her at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it is a psychological, a psychosocial, when you pet a dog, it relaxes you. I don't care. Or even an animal, an animal that you want around first off. So that's the first important cue is making sure that our patients, our members, our colleagues want the animal around. And when they want them around, there's a completely stress-free environment with Rose around. She brings an unconditional support system that humans cannot give. It's, it's, it's amazing to see our patients come in here. And like Miriam said, ask for her. Absolutely. There have also actually been studies that when humans interact with their pets, doesn't matter if it's a dog, if it's a cat, if it's a bird, if it's a horse, that they actually release serotonin prolactin and oxytocin mm-hmm. which are all your love happy drugs. yeah <laughs> your love they're drugs. all your happy chemicals <laughs> right. so well i just read i i do a stress talk and one of my big components in the stress talk is about animal therapy how animals can help people overcome barriers and one of the books i read through john hopkins was that they are now using animal therapy in their icu wards and people were questioning that at first because those are critical patients And the nurses that they interviewed said, you know what we found out is that when I walk in, when a human walks into an ICU patient's uh, room, the response is limited, small. When an animal, if they want the animal, walks into a room and they pet them, there is a a huge response, you know, circulatory response, um, just a positive response for those patients when they walk into the room. Now, those those patients have to have certain requirements, obviously, but you know, there's studies everywhere, Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, those are major hospitals using these animals. Um, we have several, there's, uh, there's an animal named, uh, a dog named Jimmy in Mercy One Siouxland. There is um, Cooper in Mercy One Dubuque. I could go on and on, but Mercy, there's animal therapies is on the horizon. I think we're gonna see that almost everywhere you know, in the future. I agree. I just came back from training actually in New York and both of the airports that we went through 
advertised having therapy dogs. And I, I had the pleasure of meeting Henry, who was a standard poodle and was actually training a, a younger standard poodle to be a, another therapy dog at the airport. And what they found is if people have been waiting and they're starting to get anxious and they're angry or they're afraid, that it decreases the anxiety and it makes the whole atmosphere at the airport better. Mm -hmm. And you could just see it. When Henry walked over to see everybody, it was just amazing. You you could see the change in the entire room. What do you do with people that, um, because we've actually run across this a time or two, when they are just terrified of animals or dogs in particular? For me, what I have, and I don't know medically if it's right or, you know, I've just had the best response to, uh, Rose is very good at laying down on command, um, and they if they can come up behind her and touch her without having to worry about her mouth, um, because many of those people have been bitten as children, et cetera, um, if they can pet her and feel how soft she is that they they tend to start moving up a little bit farther and before you know it they're not afraid um another trick i use is she'll take a treat right out of your mouth and if they can see she's that gentle Mm -hmm. many times then it decreases that fear never ever pushing um either a child or an adult if they absolutely are petrified it wouldn't be, that would not be a, a time that I would try to push anything. Absolutely. I know Rose is so great about the word gentle. I know when I'm taking her around and there are, we have a childcare here. And so when the kiddos want to see her, they're tiny little beings. And all you have to say to her is gentle and she'll bow her head. Absolutely. It's, it's pretty amazing. And that's usually like when she's kind of excited to see people. And she loves kids. Yes. And that's the one word I do use with her quite often when she's around the, the little ones just because she's so big. You yes. Know? And she does. She bows her head and lets them pet her. One thing that she did uh, last week, there's a lady who came back to see me in my office and she was laying out outside of it and usually when she sees someone new come back in she's up and like all excited to see him and she she was still laying down but in the sitting up position and the lady came up and talked to her and she didn't even jump up or move hardly she was just like oh hey like (laughs) like she knew I can't jump on this lady because it would not have knocked her over do you um I have a great story about Rose and there's so many stories about animal therapy and the importance of how it helps patients uh, with pain and with just pain mentally and physically. First day, I think I've told you this, Charlotte, that the first day that Rose came in to work for us, like you said, we had to get to know her quirks. We had to get to know how to work with her. And I remember we weren't sure if she had to go to the restroom or not. She was kind of standing by the door, took her to the door to go towards the you know, outside. And as we're going to the door, she darted to my left, like wanted, she, she, I could tell she really wanted to go to this particular person sitting in the corner. And of course I didn't know what to do because it's the first time I was with her. Um, so I did what you said, say the command, go outside to go to the bathroom. So we went out, came in, she darted to that person again, and she hadn't done that with anyone else. And as we were walking to the patient, I noticed the patient was crying and trembling and she went over there I could almost get emotional about it (laughs) but she walked over there put her head down on her lap and the lady was having an anxiety attack 
And I, I still to this day say in that moment, I knew we needed her as colleagues, mm-hmm. but in that moment I was like, this is why animal therapy is needed. If but one patient, this person, the dog helped that day, it was meaningful. And it was something that I'll never forget because it was so impactful to me to see she responded when I didn't even notice. I mean, she felt something that a human didn't even notice until I walked over there. And once we got to talking to her, uh, come to find out she, she has high anxiety attacks from that moment on for her next 14 sessions, she asked for Rose. So isn't that amazing? Those, that's just one of many stories I could tell you about the impact she's made on patient care. The people in the, that work in the building sometimes will just come up just to see Rose. They're like, oh, we need our dog fixed today. And they'll come up. And then this morning we were walking down to the mail room and the maintenance man took one look at her and goes, oh, I just love that dog. Well, she was gone last week when you were gone. Yep. And I mean, all of us were like, well, I miss Rose. Where's Rose? <laughs> we, we have an outside agency that comes to do our shredder yes, service yes. and our sharks. Rose, yes. And we we were at um, the new farm fleet that is pet friendly. So we can go in there. And so we went in and he sat down um, in the boot section <laughs> to say, I sure missed you last week and had his art his I think his wife thought we were both loons, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he he needed his fix mm-hmm. and it was so it just so heartwarming to see that not only does she touch us but also people that come into our building that you don't even think mm-hmm. that she would yeah. affect. Mm-hmm. I mean it's the unconditional love just by looking in her eyes that you can tell that she loves you. She doesn't even need to know you. I mean, and this is with any animal, you know, animal with, Absolutely. That's through therapy. Their purpose is to, like you said, yes, if it's a service dog, to do a very specific job. Yep. But if it's a therapy dog, it is truly just to that care for you. That is her job. Yeah, that's yeah. her job. You know, so. Well, and we're not the only people um, that use her. There's a, a counseling agency in our building and one of the new counselors had also worked with the Retrieving Freedom program, and she asked if she could come and use Rose for um, some of her counseling patients, and absolutely. So she comes. She even has her own bed and toys down there. And if she's in the hallway, she'll sometimes run to that door because she'll want to go in and say hello to them. You know, you got me thinking, you were talking about our shredder man who comes in and shreds the documents for our hospital, mm-hmm. and you said you saw him at where? At at. Just like a local farm store. fleet. Okay, yep. so that got me thinking. How you know, with all of the stores, you see more pet friendly stores. Absolutely. Um, is that something that you had to train her in to be comfortable with, or is it the more that you do it, the more that you do it? And remember, she was she started out in training at seven weeks old mm-hmm. as a service dog in training, and so she's been going to. Walmart with me since she was seven weeks old riding in the cart because she couldn't make it clear through the store. (laughs) And uh, if you can imagine, she was a fat, cute little yellow lab, and a lot of people wanted to touch her and Mm -hmm. pay attention. And she was a puppy, so she wanted to play. Um, So that was it was a great lesson for her to learn that she had to wait for my cues before she could, before anybody could touch her. Um, and educating other people mm-hmm. 
that just because she's cute, she used to actually have a little patch on her on her vest that said, I know I'm cute, but please don't pet me. Mm-hmm. So is there a certain age that, like if you had an animal, like I have a, a English bulldog, I think he'd be perfect for therapy. He, he just loves to love and that's all he does. And but he's four. So is there a certain age they ask you to start them at or is They have to be two. Okay. Yep. Before you go through a training. No, they have to be one. Okay. I apologize. Okay. Um they have to be a year old and they have to be potty trained. Okay. Before they can go through their before they can be certified for therapy. Um because you can imagine uh, hospitals and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. We don't want um, non-potty trained puppies kind of turns off the whole floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like um, getting into preschool. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so um, for TDI especially, they have a one year, they need to be a year old. And with that, they've had their full series of shots. Oh, so yeah. it's just like a little kid. You don't want mm-hmm. them exposed to anything either. You definitely don't want your dog to get sick. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want you know them to pass anything on that was something that could be passed on. So we also, we don't go into infection control rooms. Um, and because their paws, we wear shoes, but their paws, they aren't covered up. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely wouldn't want to take anything from one room to another. And we want to protect our patients and, um, so we do stay out of that. But as far as training, lots of exposure, lots of exposure. Yeah, I wish we had more dogs at our facility. You know, like Miriam said, a lot of departments know about Rose and we share Rose, but I'm sure there are other departments or other places in our Mercy One system that would love to have more animals. But there's just, there's probably not very many therapy trained dogs either we're working on it yes (laughs) we are working on it um because the handlers need to also be trained um you can't i couldn't just drop her off to anybody there has to be a trust um between the handler the people that are handling her and myself as well as her Mm -hmm. um you have to have people that are going to be consistent and not break down all the training that you've worked so hard to get to. Mm-hmm. And so um, to, to make that relationship and to get somebody that's willing to take that responsibility um, is a little, little challenging as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, there are so many departments that I have had requests for and I'm like, there's not enough time in the right. day. If yeah. we could just go from one place to the other, that would be our ideal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe someday you can do that. Absolutely. Right. You know, more hospitals are realizing that, that these animals are so crucial in, in just healing everything. You know, and like, like I said with that one study is most people will get up and pet a dog but they're not going to shake a nurse's hand. No. <laughs> you know, animals make you move. Animals make you want to move. They do. You know? They do. And that's why they're so good with depression is if you don't really want to get off the couch, it's a little chilly outside, a little hot outside, and you're not feeling so well, you still have to get off the couch to go take the dog out Mm -hmm. or to go for a walk. And so it's – and we know that fresh air makes everybody feel better. And so to have just a little push – to go outside, to do those extra things that maybe you wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And 
other people are attracted to people with with a pet or with a therapy dog. And so you meet so many people that you may not meet, and that one person could make the difference. Well, we have patients that bring in their dogs just to show them off once they see roses here. Oh. You know, so <laughs> is there a website, Dogs and Dates, yet? You know, like I, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be a good one. We should yes, start that. Yes, it would. Dogs and Dates. <laughs> nobody's worthy of rose (laughs) no no no. if you could see rose you podcasters listening to us if you could see rose she is the she's just a beautiful beautiful yellow lab and she's got this peanut butter face and charlotte you're the first one to say that but her nose looks like she's just got a little bit of peanut butter on it she's had her nose in the jar (laughs) that's what it looks like yep yep therapy dogs are just a little different wouldn't you say oh yeah definitely I, I um, mean, it's not every dog that can do this. Mm-mm. Well, I, I will say I have two yellow labs of my own, and their demeanor, very different from Rose. There's some similarities, but, you know, I couldn't put mine in the car and take them to work with me. They'd go nuts. They'd be like, what are we doing? They don't do that. They've not been acclimated to that kind of environment. So it's it's interesting how they're the same breed, but yet they they are very different animals. But I always call roses like my work dog. I yep. get my fix here, and I love it, love on her. And then I go home to my my babes at home. So I feel the same way. Every morning I come in, I come down from class after class, and there's Rose just sitting there with her tail wag. And I'm like, oh, my baby girl's here today. Because she knew you were coming <laughs> yes, back. Yes, yeah, yep. yeah. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. All the members love having to see her in the morning, too. They're like, where's Rose at? Mm-hmm. But the, the we have the the group that's here early, mm-hmm. yep. and there is a, a gal that's not an animal person, right. and um, she is she's a wonderful lady. She um, just says it's not that I, I'm not afraid. I just am not really an animal mm-hmm. person. But she said she told me that Rose knows that, mm-hmm. and she said we have this we have this relationship where I say hey. And she wags her tail and walks, <laughs> walks right, right by. by. <laughs> well, it, it's amazing because, you know, they always say animals are in, in, they see things or feel things that we humans can't. You know, like you've seen stories where like they see, they feel like something in the room and, you know, or they, they know of someone being sick. They can smell something. Yep. I really believe that dogs have that intuitive about them with people i feel like they can hear our heartbeat they can feel our anxiety um they know when we're happy they know i certainly know my dog knows when i'm happy and when i'm sad he acts differently with me absolutely so i feel like that's the benefit of having a therapy dog around too because not everybody comes in here feeling well you know obviously they're coming into the hospital or to a therapy outpatient clinic they need help of some kind so it's it's uh, amazing how animals can feel what what people go through sometimes. And if we listen, just like you did with your lady that was mm-hmm. having an anxiety um, problem that day, she told you, if we learn to watch their mannerisms and see what they tell us, they can tell us so much about people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm, I still get the chills when I say that story just because it was the first two hours she was here and it was so impactful uh 
that she felt her anxiety. She, you know, without she it was even new, interacting, and she was new here. She had, I mean, I'm sure she had, as an animal or person, any new. She had her own anxiety. She had her own anxiety. <laughs> so the fact that she cued in on that right away says a lot about what animals yeah. are intuitive to. I believe. I agree with you. I think us humans are sometimes we want to be that way, but we have so many things going on in our head at one time that we we miss those cues. We and, do. And animals are so simple. They just want to be cared for. Yep. They want to master, you know, so. And please. Yeah. And please. Yeah. Yep. So Charlotte, I know earlier we talked about um, the Retrieving Freedom. Can you talk a little bit about that program and what it what it is specifically for? I can. So Retrieving Freedom is a service organization. It's a 401c organization that um, trains dogs for specifically in Iowa. We do have um, a Retrieving Freedom, a, a new branch actually in Sedalia, Missouri. And um, they train service dogs from seven weeks until about two years, depending on the dog, how fast they go through the program for veterans and children with autism. And so they start out um, young, and as they progress through the through the um, program, then it's sort of determined by our um, certified trainers whether or not they would be a better fit for a child with autism or a veteran. In our other, in our sister facility, they do training for diabetes as well. So if there are veterans out there or um, parents with children with autism, until you hear some of the stories, the miraculous stories of how much help the dogs also have for the, with those particular people, it's just amazing. It's, it really is amazing. And it doesn't, it, um, it doesn't matter what state, it doesn't matter where you come from. Anybody that goes to retrievingfreedom.com can go onto their website, fill out an application, and be considered for a service dog. And they say the dogs pick them. Mm-hmm. Do they have to pay for those, or is there some some funding to help? Because I'm the, sure it's expensive. There is funding, and there are fundraisers, and um, it's a long application process. I'm not as privy to a lot of that information, but in the end, we make it happen mm-hmm. Just for to them. Get an idea, like what would a fully trained service dog cost? They say by the time that they are fully trained that it's about $35,000. Wow. Wow. Yes. We've, um, our, our branch at this point are, is the only one um, that has the breeding mamas right now um, because the other area just opened. And so we're trying to decrease costs because Rose herself was would have been very expensive had she not been donated. Um, she comes from a breeder down in Texas who is um, a very reputable breeder. The reason why they do that rather than um, get Humane Society dogs is when you have a veteran or you have a child that's sick, we want to give you the healthiest dog that we can and without knowing a history, we can't do that. 
And so we, they have chosen to start their own breeding program with dogs that they know what their lineage is to decrease the cost so that we don't have to buy a dog from somewhere oh, that's else. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So that's why Rose was picked also to be um, a mama. Yes. So she's already had two puppies that mm-hmm. are in the program, they right? They are. Jack and Darla, which Jack's name was changed to Rascal. He is training at UNI. And um, Darla is training with a family um, outside of Nashua. And um, it is actually her her level one training is for 4-H. So her little guy is 17, and she is his 4-H project to do this. Oh, that's cool. And it's just been a wonderful experience. And yeah. didn't you say Rose saw Darla at the pet store and they, we, like, it was like, oh, I mean, they recognized each other right away. She knew her right away. And I, I, as a, as having these babies and having them for, we actually had them for eight weeks, um, I thought they'd forget me. And it was just heartwarming to get all oh. of those puppy kisses again. <laughs> Fun. And then she's going to have one more litter, correct? She will have at least one more litter, yep. And we're hoping that that will be springtime. Oh, yay. Again. It's always fun <laughs> here. There's always a poll, uh, uh, poll going around when on will she have her babies? how many puppies, yep. what yep. are they, yeah. We guessed 10 last time. We got two. I guess yeah. six. <laughs> I guess low. I, I went seven. six. Yeah. <laughs> so with therapy dogs, that kind of is like an umbrella term. Is there therapy dogs that need to be trained specifically? So this is outpatient rehab mm-hmm. and for physical therapies, you know, occupational therapy, speech therapy, also inpatient for those that you mentioned, Charlotte. Is there specific dogs that are therapy dogs that go to, you know, the cancer treatment center that, that are specialized in that? Are they specialized or they just, they can go anywhere? It kind of depends a little bit on the dog's temperament and what you're looking for. So there are a few things with training um, for a therapy dog, especially like in the inpatient setting. So one of my first um, real learning opportunities was in the skills lab. Um, As I was acclimating her to a hospital bed and the noises of the beeping of the IV pump is I wanted her to come next to the bed. And so I patted on the bed not realizing that that's my cue at night for her to go to bed and she jumps into my bed and and Mm -hmm. we go to sleep. Well, if you've got a patient in that bed, it's a little surprising if you pat on the bed (laughs) and she jumps in. (laughs) And so we had to kind of restructure the training so that when I patted on the bed, she knew that she was to come to the bedside Mm -hmm. as opposed to jumping in the bed. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we have had some patients that would like her to jump in the bed. I'd be one of those patients. (laughs) Um, Because they want that that close touch. Um, With cancer patients, um, important for smells in Mm -hmm. that she doesn't have any foo-foo spray on and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But a lot of it depends on your patient. So we've got some patients that would prefer to have a smaller dog so that they can put them on their lap or a cat, that they can put them on their lap and pet them that way. Others just want to wrap their arms around her. And so it really doesn't matter. The training doesn't matter as much um, as to where we can go as that a a responsible trainer is going to check out the surroundings and see what is different there that maybe might be something new that we would train to before we went with uh, with a patient. Yeah. ICU, very busy. Um, she's been in the ICU because my, my daughter works in there. And 
it is amazing the family members that come out that the stress is so high and to see them when they have interacted with her and then they can go back in the room with whomever they've got there just amazing Mm -hmm. just amazing you know I have one more story because when you said that it happened and I can't remember if I told you this but if you're not an animal lover you'll still love the fact that these animals are helping people and patients and um, human beings just because they want to you know and so about three months ago we had a patient come in and started crying at our front desk not because of therapy but because of life and you know there's you're vulnerable when you're a patient and sometimes just the front desk staff asking how are you today opens up a wall of emotions and she started to cry at the front desk because of x y and z and almost to the point where it was uh, very uncomfortable for the patient who was checking in so we asked if she'd prefer to sit in the back and wait for the therapist to come get her. So we sat her in the back in our back hallway and not noticing that Rose is watching. Rose is very in tune to what's going on at that front desk when she sits up there. We bring the patient to the back and I'm in the only I'm the only person in the back hallway now. And I don't know the patient's back there. Front desk tells me, "Hey, we put a patient back here to just relax and wait for the therapist because of X Y and Z." As I'm getting up to go check on the patient, who do I see but Rose with her head on her lap in the room and the lady's crying and she's crying actually tears of joy because she's like thank you for bringing her back here and I said I didn't bring her back here she knew you were you you needed her and she started crying she's like you don't know how much this means to me she's like I have an animal at home and she's like I needed this today and I thought you had brought her back here to just give me some love and I said no she knew you needed her so she came back here and she actually would have had to come from the front desk through the she back fo- door. She followed, she followed her back there. So, I mean, and she, you know, usually when she comes back here, she gets one of us three or she's there for us. She did not want any one of us. She wanted to go into that room and be with her because she was crying. Pretty, pretty awesome. My front desk person and I were like, that's amazing. That's goosebumps amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's all the more reason for animal therapy. Yes. As I'm sitting here petting Rose, I just want to say thank you guys for listening and go gra- go buy a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Come see us. Yes. Well, thank you, Charlotte, so much for coming over and uh, sharing your experience with Retrieving Freedom and, you know, what having a service dog or, or a therapy dog has done for you. And she certainly has brought so much joy to us over here. She is like family. Um, like we said everybody knows her here she's got a routine here and she really is our work dog and really uh changes the atmosphere atmosphere for the better and we we're really happy about that so we also want to say hi to all the other therapy dogs that we didn't mention um there's sydney baxter gracie bubba zuzu and leo in des moines so we'd love to hear from you please give us your feedback at podcast at mercyhealth.com and thanks for listening and we'll we'll be back shortly and always live your best life